Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Releasing Trauma is sponsored by the Global Association for Trauma Recovery. The Global Association for Trauma Recovery is a social impact organization serving as a resource for survivors and their families dedicated to facilitating change by spreading trauma-related awareness and thus creating a more trauma-informed world. Learn more at GAFTR.org. Welcome to Releasing Trauma, a Survivor's Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Osborne. I'm a survivor of emotional bullying, rape, sexual assault, domestic abuse, and grief. After losing my husband in 2019, I set off on a new adventure to help other women release their trauma and create a life they can cherish. Each week, I will feature a guest expert or a survivor to share their stories, tips, wisdom, and more. The goal is so that you can take away even just the smallest nugget of information you can use in your life right now to make a change and to remind you that you're not alone. There is life after trauma. And you can move from victim to thriver and create a life you can cherish. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Tracy Osborne. And with me today is Emily Thoreau Threat. And we are going to be talking about overcoming grief and, you know, coming out of the fog. So, Emily, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, I think at some point in our lives, everybody is touched by grief. So, you know, for me, this is just one of those topics that we can't talk about enough uh, because there's there's so many different types of grief and so many different ways you can heal from it. So this is um, an important topic for sure. But before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little, little bit about your story? I would be happy to. Um, I have lived a a very rich life with many, many experiences. And in that time, I've dealt with lots of loss. And I have uh, come through it mindfully in a way that I can stay centered and be happy in spite of all the loss and grief. My most recent losses were um, my sister died, and I had two husbands die. And Yeah, after the first husband died, I never dreamed that I would be with anybody else because it was just too hard. We'd been together 22 years and we had a a great marriage and I just couldn't see a reason to be with any with anybody else. I, I never felt unmarried to him. It wasn't like getting a divorce and then you're single. I always still felt like I was married. And so that made it hard to move forward into another relationship. Sure. And I was kind of surprised when I ultimately did and grateful that I allowed myself to do that and had another very wonderful relationship. And in that relationship, a couple of years before he actually died, 
he knew that his days were numbered and he wanted to return to Maui where he had lived many years before I knew him. And so we just sold our house in California and moved to Maui. <laughs> and it was, it was quite a big uh, experience to do that. And we got to spend two years together here on Maui before he ultimately transitioned. And after he left, I was kind of wondering what I possibly was supposed to do with the rest of my life. What was my purpose now that that had happened? And I started writing about it. I've, I've taught writing at the university level for many, many years. And so writing comes naturally to me. And the more I wrote, I wasn't writing for anybody else to read. I was just writing to explore my feelings and what I was experiencing and what I should be doing and all these things. The more I wrote, the more I discovered that I was finding ways that I was writing that could help other people deal with their grief. So I, I did. <laughs> I didn't know that many people on the island yet because I'd been spending most of my time with him. So I went, I created a meetup group and just told people, if you'd like to learn to write about how to deal with your grief, come on over to my house. And people did. And it was amazing. I formed a, a nice close group of friends and, and we did very well with that until a pandemic and they couldn't come to my house anymore. Right. So <laughs> I took it online. I still do it uh, every Saturday morning. I do a, a Zoom session with anybody who wants to come to do little writing through brief practices. And it's pretty powerful. But in the process of doing all that, I, I also discovered I had enough to, to write a book about. And my book is Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. And I wrote it because I wanted, I'd read lots of grief books and they all tended to be memoirs, but I wanted something that could show people how they could live their best life, even though they're grieving. And I use lots of my examples in the book, but also examples of other people and how they deal with their grief and talk to lots of different topics. And at the end of each chapter, I have a practice that they can do to actually help themselves work on dealing with their grief. And it's been really successful. People just have said such wonderful things about being finding something that they could do themselves to help themselves and support themselves in the process. That's awesome. I, you know, I, it, I, I've been, I've been through the grief cycle many, many, many times. I've lost one husband. Um, and, you know, when I, when I lost him a couple of years ago, you know, one of the first things I did was to get a book on grief. Um, and that book was very, very helpful in just letting me know that I wasn't losing my mind you know because you have those days where you know the the widow's brain the brain fog mm -hmm. that you, you know did I put shoes on I, I have no idea what I'm doing you know what am I supposed to do now um you know so it, it was nice to know that that everything that I was experiencing and going through was normal and natural and I, I wasn't on my way to a loony bit even though I thought I was mm -hmm. um so I, I, I love that you have a book out there to help others go through what we've been through, because, you know, unless you've actually gone through it yourself, you just don't get it. That's um, right. You know, there's, there's no way I could have helped another, another widow, um, 
deal with their grief until I experienced it myself. Because I, you know, I was like, come on, it's been however many years, it's time to get over him, go, you know, get back out in the dating scene and, and all that. And now I understand why people don't and why Mm -hmm. it takes so long, you know, and the same with my parents, the same when I lost my best friend, um, you know, different types of grief. So, you know, Emily, you've lost two husbands. I, I can't even fathom that. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you have learned on your journey when you were writing and, you know, through talking with other people, what are some of the things that you have learned to help come out of that brain fog? For me, it was something that I started learning before Ron died. And that was in, in our relationship and our time together, we focused very much on living in the moment. And I didn't even really know what that meant when I first met him. But the more I was with him, the more I could see what he was talking about when he'd say things like that, that all we really have is this moment right now. And yes, we had experiences in the past and we're likely to have experiences in the future. But the only thing that we actually experience is what happens right now. And by doing that, even though he was going through lots of physical challenges, major physical challenges as as he was declining, we were able to know that in those moments he was still alive and we found ways to work around whatever the situation was while supporting him through it. And so after he died, yes, that that brain fog i know exactly what you meant that was really heavy for the first couple of months yeah and i i can't say uh, even though i was trying to live in the moment i still was not altogether there is uh-huh. how it felt for me but then when i started uh writing and started thinking about it i thought okay if i focus on the moment then i can be okay in this moment and then in the next moment i can be okay in that moment and by doing that, it really helped me to start moving forward. And one thing, too, that, that people don't always mention is they, they'll say things like getting, getting over your grief. And I, I don't think that happens. I think uh-huh. when you're, you're grieving, it, it, as long as you still love the person, like I said with shock, I, I still felt married to him even after he died. And I still feel married to Ron. I feel like I'm, I'm married to two guys right now and it's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I have two children of my own and, and I love both of them. So I don't see why I can't love both of my husbands that I was so incredibly close to. So I don't get over the grief, but I learn how to deal with it in a positive way to, to keep them close in my heart, but at the same time, be able to smile and be able to breathe and be able to do something that I can allow myself to enjoy. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. That the, the the allowing yourself to enjoy something is really important because a lot of times we we feel like, well, how can you be happy? Your husband's dead, you know, <laughs> or how can you do something just for fun? Your husband's dead. You've always got that little voice in your head reminding you of that. Yeah. But when that comes up, if you just remind 
yourself that at that moment, you're okay. And at that moment, you can smile. And at that moment, you can paint a picture if that's what you're moved to do. Whatever it is that you're moved to do, you can relax and enjoy it. I love that. Um, you know, I was thinking about when dad died, we were all there. Um, you know, we were all around him when he passed and, you know, we were all sad and everything. Um, but then my, my brother did something absolutely hysterical. Um, I, I gotta actually share this story. So after the, um, funeral home came and took dad, you know, the, the, put him in the, in the bag and willed him out of the house. My older brother and sister went outside to kind of watch the process. They felt that, you know, as the oldest, they were obligated or, you know, it was their responsibility to make sure he got into the funeral car and everything. You know? Well, one of the neighbors came out from across the street and, you know, kind of waved at them and, and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And my brother, not knowing what else to say, just said, eh, it happens. And they, him and my sister came in just in hysterics, laughing so hard about that. And it lightened the mood. It really helped all of us because that's something my dad would have cracked up at, you know, so that the mm -hmm. humor and being able to lighten up, um, even right after the, the death of your loved one happens is okay it's a form of healing, um, you know, and, and we use humor a lot in our family. Um, the poor funeral guy, I don't think knew what hit him when we came to the funeral home because <laughs> we were ear normal yeah. sobbing, teary eyed. We were cracking jokes and, you know, I mean, we took family pictures around dad's urn. So that's kind of, wow. you know, the, kind of the family that we have, um, you know, but it's, it was a way for us to get closure. It was a way for us to continue to still be close to him because we knew that, that, you know, he'd be right there cracking jokes with us. Um, so it was very cathartic, very healing. That's right. And, and I love that. And it, it brings to mind that uh, grieving should be a no judgment zone, mm -hmm. you know, we, we all do it on our own terms and it's nobody else's business. Yeah, You know, what works for me not, might not be what works for you. And if, if you want to do something like I, we had a ash scattering service for Ron that absolutely amazed me. Um, one of my friends had arranged it because I just I didn't know how to do things on Maui yet. I didn't have connections. And she she lived here the same amount of time, but she already knew everybody on the island. And she set it up and it was absolutely amazing. And I kept being in awe of what was happening because um, though we, we hadn't had a chance to meet that many people uh, on the island, everybody, and, and he still had friends from when he lived here before many years ago, but every one of them came, every one of them. And our doctor came, our gardeners came, our housekeeper came. The caretakers for when he was sick came and they all brought paper bags full of flowers that they'd picked out of their yards that we took with us when we went out on the canoes out into the, the ocean to spread the ashes that was all with all these beautiful flowers. I didn't get flower arrangements at home, but boy, those flowers were incredibly valuable to me and incredibly beautiful. 
So it, it was so different than anything that I had explained before. The, the man who officiated the service did the whole thing in Hawaiian, in uh, traditional native Hawaiian garb and the hakale around his head. And he came over at one point and knelt down next to me and whispered a bunch of stuff in my ear. And I have no idea what he said, but I couldn't have been comforted any more than, yeah. than what he said. And it, it was just an amazing experience. And I thought, this is so different from funerals that I've gone to before where I just sit there and cry. And this, this service, I was in awe and, and amazed by the beauty. And it made it uh, easier for me to get through that particular time right then. I love that. That sounds amazing. And, you know, something that I have found with my own um, grieving, you know, with, with both my parents and, and all that is that every loss is different and we grieve yes. differently. Um, yes. I didn't grieve my mom the same way I, I grieved my dad. I didn't grieve my husband the same way I grieved my parents or my best friend. It was all very different. And that's okay. Like you said, this is our personal journey and it's nobody's business how we do it. That's right. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm, I'm careful not to tell people what they should do. I've worked really hard on eliminating that should word <laughs> from my yeah. vocabulary because that's not helpful. That's just not helpful at all. No, no. I mean, you know, it's one thing if you say what I found worked for me was Yes. You know, and then they can try it if they want to or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. It's been this long. It's, you know, you shouldn't be grieving anymore. All of that, throw it out the window. There's no yes. timeline for grief. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that too makes me think about people that, that have to go back to work. And I've heard the most horrible things about somebody who got their day off for the funeral of their husband or uh, parent. And the next day when they come back and they're a little having a hard time working and get a little teary and the boss says, aren't you over that yet? <laughs> I just how could anybody ever think that, let alone say it out loud? Oh my gosh, I know, I know. I mean, you know, most places you get like two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. And even then, two weeks, that's, that's nothing. I mean, you're just barely coming out of the stupor of having to deal with all the funeral arrangements. Um, you haven't even started grieving yet. Yes, you know, it's, it's um, crazy. I mean, I spent, gosh, the first three months sleeping, crying, and eating ice cream. That was that was it. That was my yeah. my first few months of grieving. You know, um, I did a little bit of work in there, but you know, luckily I worked for myself, so I don't have you know, could I could take all the time off that I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so what are some what are some other things that that you have found um, that have been helpful for others? You know, for any of our listeners who have lost a loved one. Um, you know, what are some things that, that you have found really help with the grieving process? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of them. One of them uh, I surprised myself with. Uh, Jacques died in February. And when New Year's rolled around almost a year later, I still was trying to figure out 
you know, I, I, I'm just not getting any place. I'm sitting by myself most of the time. I, I would go to the university and teach and come home and sit on the couch. And it wasn't like I was watching TV or even reading. I just couldn't motivate myself to do something. And so I decided since it was New Year's, I was going to make a resolution and I was going to keep it. And I was only going to make one. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I only wanted to make one so that I could, I could promise myself that I would keep it. So I meditated on it. I thought about it quite a bit. And what came to me was to accept invitations. And I thought, that's crazy. <laughs> Nobody's inviting me anyplace. I had been very social. We had been a very social cu couple and, and well-known in the community and did lots of things. But once he died, I, I wasn't getting any invitations anymore. And so I thought, okay, I don't know why this is what came up, but this is what came up. So I'm going to do it. And as soon as I did, not like the next day, but, but shortly thereafter, invitations started coming to me of things that I never dreamed of before that I was very surprised about and uh, grateful for. One, one of the first ones was the, I lived in a uh, community community. Uh, it, it was in a very big county and there was one new newspaper that served the whole county. So it was, it was a big newspaper, a big deal. And they invited me to be on their editorial board. And oh. if, if I hadn't made that commitment to myself, I would have said, why are you asking me? I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> But I had made the commitment. So I said, yes. And it was a year long position and I had amazing things happen during that year that I served on the editorial board. And I, I just, I love that. And I had lots of other things happen from uh, the film commissioner for the county called me and asked me if I would put together a film festival for the county. I'd never done anything like that before. <laughs> I didn't know that much about film. I was a theater person, did a lot of, of theater, but didn't really know much about film at all. So it was a big learning curve, but I threw myself into it and learned so much. And it was a really amazing experience. And one of my girlfriends asked me what I was going to do for the summer because we taught at the university. So we essentially had summers off. And I said, I really don't know. What are you going to do? And she said, well, I'm taking my sister to South Africa. And I said, oh, that sounds cool. And she said, come with us. And I thought, okay, here's another invitation. <laughs> so I went to South Africa uh, yes. again, and another amazing experience. So all these things, and there were a whole bunch more, but it got to be like, I was, I was going, okay, what's the next one going to be? What am I going to do next? And it really got me out of my inner focus where I wasn't able to really function on other stuff. Um, because I had something to look forward to, whether I knew what it was I was looking forward to or not. I knew that these very fascinating things were going to happen for me. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, you know, yeah, I, I know I, I, in, uh, I, I accepted a few invitations when Mark died to go out and do things. And um, one of it was with a group of widowers. Um, we had a big barbecue and I met one of my best friends there. Um, he's also a, a widow and um, was absolutely instrumental in a lot of my healing. Cause I had somebody I could turn to who got it, you know? That's um, so good. And, and yeah, I, I don't think um, 
I don't think I would have gotten through it as quick, not quickly, but like I did as, you know, if I didn't have that kind of support. So, yeah, um, you know, that support is, and, and getting out and just living again, reminding yourself that, you know, they're the ones that died, not you. Um, That's right. You know, you're, you're allowed to continue to live and to experience and, um, you know, to love again and to laugh. It's okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on and and talking with me today. This has been a a great conversation. Thank you for having me. I, I really like talking to you. Thank you. And how can our listeners find you? Well, the name of my book is Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, and it's traditionally published so you can buy it any place that you buy your books. It's, uh, of course, available on Amazon and and Barnes & Noble online, but you can get it any place else, too. And the name of my book is how you can reach me for anything. My webpage is lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. My email is emily at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. And all my things about me are on my webpage there. You can contact me there and see what I'm doing and what's coming up next. And I would uh, love to have you all join me in the things that I'm doing. Wonderful. Thank you. And listeners, you know, I will have all of Emily's contact information on um, in, in the show notes. Um, all her contact information, the link to her book, everything. So if you're listening from one of our partner stations, just go to releasingtraumapodcast.com and pull up Emily's show and all her information will be there for you. Um, So Emily, thank you again for coming on and talking with us today and sharing a bit about you and giving us some some tips and, you know, ways that we can deal with grief because it's definitely not something that's easy to deal with. That's right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you as always for tuning in and we'll talk to you in the next show. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.